Welcome to the Change Management Review Podcast, where we bring the best of change management to you. In this episode, Brian Gorman interviews Peter Jansen. With more than two decades of international experience in emotional intelligence and leadership coaching, Peter works primarily with medical professionals, universities, associations, leaders, and top coaches around the world in initiating transformational change. Today, they're talking about the topic of creating a legacy, leading change through emotional intelligence. I'm sure you'll enjoy today's episode. Hello, I'm Brian Gorman, Managing Editor of Change Management Review. Welcome to this podcast, Creating a Legacy, Leading Change Through Emotional Intelligence. My guest is Peter Jansen. Peter has more than two decades of international experience in emotional intelligence and leadership coaching. He works with medical professionals, universities, associations, leaders, and top coaches around the world in search of those who are initiating transformational change. From an early age, understanding emotions, human nature, and leadership has been a passion for Peter. Throughout his career, he has developed systems to have influence over emotions under any circumstances and to help lead people through emotional intelligence. He works to teach and accompany leaders using these strategies and techniques through his coaching, through his books, through radio programs, speeches, and training. Welcome to Change Management Review, Peter. Thank you very much, Brian, and thank you for having me here. Peter, can you tell me why leading through emotional intelligence is important when dealing with change? Okay, so emotional intelligence is important with dealing with change simply because change happens. And when change happens, it happens to people. Whoever you're, you're dealing with, whatever situation you're in, you're going to need to be uh, implementing change. And this will be through people, with people and people are gonna be affected by it. So understanding through emotional intelligence and empathizing with the people who are going to implement and the people who are going to be affected by change is absolutely key. You just mentioned empathy. What is the importance of empathy in leadership during change? Okay, so empathy is key for any leader whether there's change or not, but let's face it, if um, there's change, a leader is needed. If there's no change, then leadership is not really needed. Things just stick along. But with change, it is absolutely essential to have empathy because being a leader is always about the people the leader serves. It's not about the leader itself. It can't be. That would just be ego-driven and it can achieve results in the short term, but in the long term, what, is, what good is any change if it doesn't positively affect the lives of others? It's not just about the bottom line. It can be if you're looking at short-term and mid-term um, situations, but when you're actually wanting to create a legacy in a company or in an organization, or you want to really create transformational change, you need to take into consideration the emotions and the situations other people are going through. The only way we can actually do this is by understanding those emotions, understanding the humanity behind it. And this is what we call empathy. Thank you. So again, you just mentioned transformation. 
could you tell me what a transformational leader is? What, what characteristics define a transformational leader and um, make the difference between a transformational leader who is successful and one who may try but not actually achieve the desired results? So there are a few levels of, uh, of leadership. John Maxwell, for example, states that there are five different levels of leadership. Transformational leader is the top of that leadership um, hierarchy, if you will. The transformational leader is different to any other leaders in that their vision transcends their own person. And it transcends their own situation and their own life. So it goes beyond what affects the individual as a leader, and it goes way beyond their lifetime or their permanence in whatever organization that leader is leading. The key thing is this, a transformational leader leaves a legacy behind. Any other leader leaves for souls. But a transformational leader makes a real impact that people are gonna to continue to work on even after this leader is gone. And that is what real transformation is about and being a real transformational leader is about. It's not about remaining the same. It's not about the, the short-term or mid-term results. It's about, it's, a play, it's playing a very long game, a very long one. You, you, you brought up a couple of things that I find interesting there. The difference between results and legacy is per perhaps the most significant one that stands out. Can you talk a little bit more about that, Peter? So the, the difference between results and legacy, it's basically this. A legacy is a result, but it's a result of a very long game. The everyday results that you have are your, your usual KPIs, right? And um, when you're talking about a, a big organization, it could be a tremendous amount of KPIs. And that's, that's pretty much a management um, situation. You just need to manage the KPIs and you need to see how, how that's going to work and make things work. It's about achieving results in the middle and, 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 and short term. And that's okay. And if you take it into, a, into an individual's life, for example, the result of their life would be the success of their life that can be measured by the inheritance that they leave other people. That's it. You know, what you leave behind for other people to enjoy. And the legacy goes way beyond that to leaving behind much more than just what you worked on, but leaving behind work that will continue to be worked on after you're gone. And when you're talking about transformational leadership, a transformational leader will prepare other leaders to create transformation, to leave a legacy. So a true transformational leader will build legacy for him or herself and will help others build their legacy as well. So the true transformational leader will be thinking generations ahead, not just their lifespan or their kids' lifespan. They're going to be thinking generations ahead. And the best ones 
their work will be continued after their name is long forgotten. That's the key difference. I'm, I'm not going to ask you to name names, Peter, but I'm trusting that you have experience and perhaps worked with transformational leaders of this sort. Yes. Um, could you tell me a little bit about some of what one or two of them have put in place? Okay. So I can tell you about a situation I had in Mexico. I'm not going to mention names. Um, okay. So this is, um, and I'm not going to mention states either. <laughs> <laughs> but this is a, a, police, a police commissioner who was in one of the most corrupt cities in Mexico. He wasn't happy with the way that things were going there, but he's, his life was in danger. And this is, a, this is a big deal. You know, his life was in danger because he wanted to create change. Unfortunately, he could not affect any change in the, in the city he was living in. But the governor of another state brought him in to another very troubled state in Mexico, a state where there has been a lot of kidnappings and a lot of uh, people who've disappeared. So they implemented a different strategy to, well, to change the police force. They created something called the United Command which is an amazing uh, group of, of different types of law enforcement that come together and they share intelligence and they share resources and everything. Now, his vision was to sort out the problems that the state had by the end of his term. When we started speaking, all of a sudden his vision became much bigger than that. He wanted to transform the entire state. He wanted to transform neighboring states. Then he wanted to transform the country. I hope he achieves the country. But his term is over. And he, he's managed to actually change the way that that specific state does things, greatly reducing the amount of kidnappings, greatly reducing the amount of uh, disappearance, uh, of, 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 disappearances, and also greatly reducing the amount of corruption, which for Mexico is a big deal. His involvement in this gave the new president of, of Mexico and the law enforcement in Mexico a new vision of how to move forward. Some politicians started following his vision of a safer, more united Mexico. Right now, we're still seeing the effects of this. Even though his term has ended, somebody else is already at the end of their term. But you can still see that this change has occurred and it's continuing. There's this, this wave that just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And they still talk to him about it and they still want him to do bigger and better things. And this is a beautiful thing. Now, he's looking at a Mexico that is completely different than the one he started with. And he's looking to create change to a level that will bring Mexico into a completely different view for the world, a safer one. Right now, I'm in Europe, I'm in Spain. And people in Spain 
are a little bit scared of traveling to Mexico because they're scared that they're going to get kidnapped or they're going to get robbed or they're going to get, you know, something bad's going to happen to them in a beautiful country. They, they want to go to a beautiful country, but they're scared that they're not going to come back intact or they're not going to come back at all. He's changing this. But you see it because other people around him are changing. And it's people that don't even have anything to do with him in the government. It's people he ends up speaking with. And they get transformed with their vision. So it transcends even his own organization. And this is beautiful. You're talking here not about change plans, but about visions. Yes. Say more about vision for me, if you would. Hmm. Well, that's the one key thing that every leader needs to have. Not every leader has it. Because let's face it, a lot of leaders are basically managers who have been put into a leadership position because they've either been promoted to that position or they've grown to it. So people listen to them because they have to, not because they want to. They do things because they, they must do it. It's their job to do it, not their pleasure. The key thing is that a leader who has vision sees more than the rest of the people and sees more before the rest of the people. So the people we serve, and, and, and notice what I say here, it's the people the leader serves, not the people who follow the leader. And this is an important thing because followers will follow a vision, yeah, and will follow a leader, yes, but a true leader will take their people into account and as such, serve the people, not serve themselves. And this is so important. And the only way you can do that is have a vision that unites the people. Yeah? So it's have a vision that unites the people to a common destination. I'm not going to say goal because goal is too small. A goal is part of a plan. It's part of a strategy. But a vision creates a lifestyle and a culture. And this is extremely important. A company with, with, a, with good culture, great values, and with a vision is more likely to retain people, even through change. Change without a vision is change without destination, without knowing where you're going. Yeah? But if you have a vision, it is so key. It is so key to have it. It's basically the vision is the destination that you might never get to yourself, but you know the organization will. And that is so important. And everybody who attaches to this vision, this is a great recruitment tool, by the way, because if you have a great vision and you can recruit people who attach to your vision and attach to your values, you're gonna have great retention. You're gonna have lower employee turnover. You know, this is a fact. And you're gonna have people who will respect the leader and do things because they want to do things, not because they have to. You know that most people, there's a study by, uh, I believe it was Gallup. And in this study, they, they um, identified that most people who were not engaged in, um, at work retired on the same job that they stopped being engaged at. 
but they don't engage because they don't have vision. They don't have vision maybe because they can't attach to the vision of the leader or the leader doesn't have a strong enough one that will move and empower the employee or the, or the people they, they serve to do better and to do more and to see more. And that's the key thing. But when you're a leader and you're sitting down in a room and all of a sudden you realize that, wait, hold on, I didn't see that coming, but somebody else did. Ah, your vision is failing. Your leadership is failing because somebody else saw more than you did and saw before you did. And if this continues to happen, all of a sudden, guess what? You might have the position of a leader, but you're no longer the leader. And all of a sudden, your organization lacks leadership. And nowadays, the way things are, when, <laughs> and it's, it's very interesting, everything, a lot of things are done through consensus. Consensus without strong leadership only can breed mediocrity. It can never yield excellence. So, Peter, you've made a strong case for the importance of transformational leadership, the power of transformational leadership, um, the importance of vision that a transformational leader must have. Can this be taught? This is the beauty of it. Yes, it can. And the greatest thing about it is that you don't even have to be a leader to begin with to be taught how to be a transformational leader. You do not have to go through the steps of you know, being a leader who's just being invited to the table just to partake on most of the times just the crumbs of leadership. You can actually learn how to become a transformational leader by learning how to create a deep, profound transformational vision and learning how to understand yourself so that you can understand others. Build on empathy. And with a great vision, that leadership can actually be taught. There's a, there's a story. I, I don't remember exactly what town or what jungle this was in, but um, a person decided to a man decided to investigate greatness great people and great leaders and they said that this village somewhere in the jungle a lot of great leaders and great people came out of that so he went in and he started to live with them for a little while until he became friends with the chief and he asked the chief i understand that uh, a lot of great men came out of here. Um, so the chief was a little bit confused and said, what do you mean? Well, yes, a lot of great leaders were born here. And he was confused again. And he just says, no, I'm sorry. Um, only babies are born here. <laughs> yeah. So the point is, <laughs> it might be difficult to be a leader at first. But then again, like Miyamoto Musashi says, Everything is difficult at first. Remember the first time you drove a car? Mm -hmm. Was it easy? No. Exactly. And if it was a stick shift, 
that's probably even more complicated. How many clutches do most people go through? Yeah. But yeah. once you get the hang of it, what happens is all of a sudden you're, 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 you're blasting the, 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 the music, you're singing to it, the phone is ringing, the kids are in the back of the car screaming and shouting, and you're able to manage everything. And you don't even notice. And most of the time you don't even notice how you got from your work to your house. Or the other way around. And, and, and why? Because through practice, through doing it every day, every day, every day, all of a sudden it became automatic. And it's no longer difficult. Well, the same thing happens if you work the muscles of leadership. If you work the muscles of transformational leadership, you absolutely have to have empathy. And empathy cannot... Okay, empathy can be taught. There's techniques for it. And these techniques are quite simple. But it can be taught. But without empathy, you cannot become a transformational leader. Peter, as, as we get close to wrapping up, one of the things that came to my mind uh, as you were talking earlier, um, I, my undergraduate degree is in uh, Native American cultures. And one of the characteristics of, of many of the cultures that I studied was that they made decisions not based on what is best for today, but what is best for several generations from now. You talked about the importance of transformational leaders thinking beyond today, beyond their own lifetime, uh, into future generations. It seems to me that that's a very countercultural way in most of our organizations, most of our societies today. It is. It is. It is countercultural. And um, this is it. <sighs> Look what's happened now. Look what's happening around us. Look at the, the, the um, decadence in some of our cities. Look at the crime rates in some of our cities. This is not funny. It is a horrible situation that, that, that humanity has been going through in the past few thousand years. But if you look at Mesoamerica and American Indians, yes, they had conflicts, but mostly they lived in peace and they lived in peace with their uh, surroundings. They were not fighting their surroundings, trying to terraform them, right? They were using the resources in the most sustainable way possible. So now <laughs> there's, a, there's a university over in, in Sweden I, I sometimes participate with and, in the, and they participate in their masters for sustainability. It's a fantastic program. But now they're trying to switch everything around to go back to that. So yes, it's countercultural, but this is a good countercultural. The reason it hasn't happened before is because we haven't questioned where we're going because we haven't had before, you know, a couple of decades ago, we weren't really aware of the climate changes and how we were affecting the climate. We weren't aware of how we were affecting our, our economy was being played and how we were affecting other people's lives. And if we were, it's only people who are extraordinarily greedy or didn't really care too much who were okay with it. 
But once you get to a point where you understand humanity, you have empathy, you realize, wait, hold on. I need to empathize with my future generations. I need to empathize with my great, 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 great grandchildren. What planet are we going to leave behind? So it might be countercultural, but it doesn't mean it's wrong. In fact, it's sustainable. And that's what's important about it. What do we want? Do we want long-term results where there's win-wins everywhere? Or do we just want to hog the, hog the price and, and, and keep it all to ourselves? We can't do that. We can't do it because it's not sustainable. At least it's not sustainable for all the other billions of people on the planet who are actually living a less than mediocre life that are living in despair. You know, we owe it to ourselves and to our future generations to have that empathy. We owe it to ourselves to be countercultural because the current cultural um, uh, status quo is not working. So it might be countercultural, but it's definitely pro-humanity. And with that, I thank you so much, Peter, for joining us on this podcast. Thank you very much, Brian. It's been a pleasure. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Change Management Review podcast with Brian Gorman, Managing Editor of Change Management Review, and Peter Jansen. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and like us on LinkedIn.